Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Diligence is a chosen state of one's heart. I'll say that again. Diligence is a chosen state of one's heart and one's mind towards work. Which means laziness and idleness and apathy are in opposition to the idea of doing work properly as unto the Lord. It's in opposition to diligence. Here are just a few verses that, that Proverbs speak about diligence. Follow along. I'm going to read them pretty quick because there's, there's quite a few here. and I, I just picked four. But Proverbs 10 verse 4 says, He who ha- has a slack hand becomes poor. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. 12, 27. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. I like the one, there's another part that talks about the slothful, lazy man, that he's so lazy he can't even lift his hand up out of the bowl. Isn't that amazing? There seems to be an overarching theme here from the writer, most likely Solomon in this time. Diligence is in direct contrast to laziness. Satisfaction in contrast to being in want. The writer probably would say this, it's wise to work diligently and foolish to be lazy. My mama used to always tell me lazy people always work double. I, I would have an attitude, didn't want to make the bed, didn't want to do this or that, and i do it wrong. And she'd come in and she'd look at it and she goes, really? And I go, what? I made the bed. The, they're all cockeyed and crooked and the, you know, the pillows all down there by my feet or something. And, and she'd just tell me, do it again. And walk out. Lazy people always work double. And I went, You see how diligence would have avoided extra work had I done it the first time. I like what Dave Ramsey says. He says, if you will live like no one else now, then you can live like no one else later. Wow. It's pretty profound, isn't it? Along with this idea of diligence comes this other word. Persistence. For many of us, we need persistence to help us through the difficult and dry seasons of life. Persistence can be defined as firm or obstinate, continuous in a course of action in spite of difficult in difficulty or opposition. Just headstrong, I'm not stopping, I'm not quitting. But it's not going my way, I don't care. That's not the discussion. I'm all in. 
I'm going to continue to figure this out. I enjoy a little trick that I can do with the basketball. And I was going to bring it in here, but I thought, you know, it just looks a little arrogant, so I'm not going to do it. So I didn't bring my basketball. But when I was a teenager, I saw somebody spinning the ball on their finger. And man, I just thought that was the coolest thing. And I was determined I was going to be able to spin the ball on my fingers. I can spin the ball on any one of my fingers. But I was in my bedroom with that basketball, hours upon hours, day after day, week upon week, for probably close to a month and a half until I figured it out. I would have to go up and say, man, man, how do you do that? How do you do that? Until finally somebody showed me how to flip it like that on my hand and that it would start spinning. And so now I can go like this and I can just spin that thing super fast and not even look at it. But you know how I got there? I was determined. I was going to be persistent. I would not stop. I busted up and broke things in my bedroom left and right with that ball because I couldn't get it to do it. And then finally, one day, my mom walked right by my bedroom door, and I'm like this. And she goes, ay, mijo. And I'm like, yeah, you like that, huh, ma? And I'm doing it. And I was so proud of myself. What was the end result? Persistence paid off. But that's the same thing in any area of your life. If you want to go from not being able to to being able to, if you're persistent, you're going to see something happen in your prayer life. I don't know the Word of God. You start studying the Word of God and you will. you got to want it more than spinning a basketball on your finger. I I hate this relationship between my kids and me, or or I can't stand this thing going on at work, and you want to see it change. Are you persistent to do whatever it takes? Go to somebody to get the right information, not to gossip. But how do I change? How do I get better? How do I learn? And all of a sudden, the breakthrough comes. The breakthrough comes. Now, I want to ask a question, because none of us can say we love work and chores. Anybody here, I can take you to the mental health center later, where, what if God knew that we actually needed work? Not just work for a paycheck, but work in life for what anything we have to do. I mean, to eat that meal at night, somebody had to prepare it. They had to work. And then somebody had to clean up the mess and and clean up the kitchen. They had to work. Somebody had to put gas in the car. Somebody had to work. Work's everywhere. What if God knew that you needed work? And we would have to ask the question, why? What if God knew that without work, we become lazy? that I would become idle, that I I would become distracted, and that I could actually become very apathetic. That without work, life would be unenjoyable, would not be fulfilling. 
That the satisfaction of a job well done would do something inside of me down to the core, to the soul of who I am. Have you ever had somebody look you right in the eye and say, that's a job well done? What does that do to you? That's right, chest back, shoulders back. You're going, yeah! But I thought you hated work. There's a divine providence behind work. And God knew it. He established that for us. I imagine that God knew these truths well before God had woven work into the very fabric of our existence. And let's shift a little bit. I want to look at this, this other word, empowerment. Now, when I think about difficult seasons of life, I realize in hindsight that God was giving me all the strength that I needed in that time of need when I didn't even know it. So that I could persist in diligence and integrity and in honor. And God did that through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And God does that for you as well. Let's talk briefly about one of the hardest working, persistent, and focused characters in the New Testament. His name is, he's an apostle, his name is Paul. His name originally was Saul. He had a divine encounter with God on a road to a city called Damascus. And there, he literally became Paul, no longer to be called Saul. He grew tired. And even Paul needed the Holy Spirit to help him with his work. That God had put upon him. And as a matter of fact, Paul wrote these words to one of the churches that he, well, he, he established. It was there in a, in a city called Philippi. And you know this verse. I want you to say it with me. Let's look at this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Let's read it together. Ready? Begin. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, here's, here's something I want you to, to maybe stop and consider. What caused Paul to take these words and write them down? I mean, if you're an athlete, everybody knows this scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What about the team on the other side? What if they're praying the same thing? Just a thought. Here's the question. Did something happen in his life experience, in his ministry, in his work, that these words were no longer just words that were very nostalgic, hallmark, so to speak, but all of a sudden that they were coming from his life experience, that it was really more a demonstration of his testimony of his reality with Christ. That he was saying, I was shipwrecked. I got bit by a snake. I should have been dead. I've been beaten so many times. I've been stoned. And he comes up and he looks at this church in Philippi and he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ask me how I know. Do you hear the testimony in these words? Do you hear how he's speaking? 
What about you? What about these places that have been hard? Extra work. Do you know that you have a testimony? These hard places of life, this extra work? And somebody can look you in the eye and say, you literally resemble I can do all things through Christ. Sometimes work isn't just about us. It's the testimony that God can use in us. That He can do something in me so He can do something through me. Just as as God supplied seed to the sower and food for the sparrow and sunshine for the flowers, God will supply all that you need to accomplish all the work He has before you. All the time, all the talent, all the treasure, anything and everything that is needed, He will supply it. You know, a good dad is never going to give his son or daughter a task that they are, that the only way to do that task is to have tools, certain tools specific to that task. Is, is the dad going to say, I need you to dig a six foot wide, six foot deep hole and say, just figure it out? Or is a good dad going to say, here are the tools? Or here's a little backhoe? He's going to give them the necessity to get the job done. And if you've got a work that's God-ordained, He's going to give you the tools and the time and the talent. He'll give you the resources and the extra people in your life to come around you so you can get her done. He's not sadistic, folks. He's not rude. He's not abusive. You may have an earthly father that has been, but that's not who Jesus is. So as I wrap up today, I want to reiterate something that I've kind of shared already, but I just want to really make sure it lands. So clearly work is both a fundamental and a really difficult part of life. And with that in mind, there is an incredible wisdom about work found in in the book of Proverbs. It's there that we learn about diligence and persistence and the long-term effects that laziness and idleness and apathy that can have on your life. While work isn't always fun, we know that is something that God has given us to, to do. You look at the story of the life of Joseph Beat up by his brothers, thrown in a pit, sold in slavery, sent over to Egypt. There, Potiphar's wife accuses him of something he did not do. And he's back in a dungeon. And just, it's horrible. Work, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing. Can you imagine what he must have felt like? But somehow in all of that, he recognized, because when you get to Genesis chapter 50, you find out, what you ca- brothers, what you caused to happen for evil in my life, God has used to save many. The hard times in life and in work and all these things that we go through, listen, 
In actuality, it may be preparatory for what God is doing in you so he can do something through you. It's a testimony that can reach the lost and bring them to Christ. That can bring hope to your family members who have none. Because you've been faithful and diligent in that hard work. Now sometimes we can, and I'm not going to get into today, anything taken to an extreme causes problems. You drink too much water, you drown. Right? And if you are a workaholic, the truth is you're looking to find identity in your work. And your identity can only be found in Christ. That's an extreme. You're not to find identity in your work or in your title. It's only found in Christ. And the other thing is, do you know that work can become an idol that you worship? Be careful. There's only one God. And there's no room for any other God in your life but Jesus. Here's my challenge for you this week. Just as it says in the book of Colossians, whatever you do, work. Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not the boss, not the supervisor, not a family member, not a spouse, as unto the Lord. And not for human masters, it says. So Lord, I pray, help us to realize that every area of our life is all about you. Help us to not feel guilt and shame if something's not right, but Lord, to just say, Lord, there's something that needs to be corrected in me. I've been looking at this wrong. I, I've been doing like the Hebrews when they got on the other side of the Red Sea. It wasn't long before they just started murmuring, griping, and complaining. God, help me not to be one of them. You cursed them. Because they were always whining and crying and complaining about their leader. So God, help me to do all that I do as if I'm working for you directly. Because I am. I am. God bless your people. Lord, whether they're young, whether they're old or retired, or whether they're in the middle of family and young families, God... All of us understand there's still work. And how are we approaching it in our heart? God, I pray bless their efforts. And Lord, help us to monitor our hearts when it comes to work. I pray your will. And I pray your way on your people. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.